song on our album my life to me my favorite song is the one and only eponymous song which is my life because that song is just like a walking inside a walking life like she just basically tell she just basically tell us to look inside the mirror and see what she sees like is sharing a life experience with us and I like that a lot. I like that way of writing a song. So so well written. All the personal things and the fact that the prayers you give like that song is just like a gospel for me. Like honestly, it's just like the gospel. 
and the fact that his sample that uh, raw areas should be kissy song everybody loves the sunshine makes it even better in the way that she shows how the culture influences her man i would just say this that song is great man there's no wonder why that song is my favorite on the album yeah so thank you again for the for the honor of choosing me to share what i know about the culture i appreciate it all see you soon welcome everybody to the latest edition of the legends of sports and music this is your host the og rob silver and today we are talking about one of my five favorite albums of all time from my single favorite female vocalist of all time i've seen her in concert 14 times in two and a half weeks i will see her for a 15th time the illustrious the legendary the iconic queen of hip-hop soul mary j blige and ladies and gentlemen the my life album was the launching point for the hip-hop soul era as most of you who listen to me, because I have an audience, the majority of my audience is 35 and older. The majority of my audience are women over the age of 35. So, ladies, I appreciate the constant support. My numbers continue to increase because of you wonderful ladies. Mary J. Blige's My Life album, as you ladies will recall, and the fellas that listen, that are over the age of 35, set off a time period of the hip-hop soul movement, which the hip-hop soul movement, ladies and gentlemen, is the son of the new Jack Swing era. And when Mary first came out, and you can go back to the archives, I covered her entire debut album, What's the 411. That was a new Jack Swing album. Well, now Mary ushers in the hip-hop soul age, with my life in November of 1994. I just played the, the title track of that album, My Life. What a great song, because this song is both spiritual and, how do you say it? She's reminiscing. She's looking at her past. Uh, something that I always have done throughout my entire adulthood. I always look back at the past, at mistakes I've made, and what I could have done to correct those mistakes. Too late to correct them, but we are to learn from our mistakes. Because if we do not learn from our mistakes, we do not grow. And that's what I uh, take from looking at my past mistakes. My life is a perfect example of a woman, Mary J. Blige. If you look into my life, you can see what I see. 
If you look in my life and see what I've seen, if you look in my life and see what I've seen, if and if you've looked at my life and see what I've seen, she keeps repeating that. She's looking at the mistakes she's made in the past, and she wants the listeners, which are predominantly women, to look at her life and try not to make the same mistakes she made. The My Life album is all about one man and one man only. She, This is her love songs, her ode to the relationship that was falling apart at the seams with Casey Haley. Casey and Mary went back and forth between hurting each other and loving each other. I know. I know there were allegations of physical abuse by Casey to Mary. I know there was uh, allegations of both using substance abuse in dealing with each other and fighting with each other. Um, One day when Mary finally writes that memoir that we are all waiting on, we might get the truth as to what actually happened between Casey Haley and Mary J. Blige. Let me tell you people something. You know I abhor violence against women. It's the one thing that I hate. Recently, Casey was was interviewed, and he, he stated he never touched Mary. Mary, on the subject of Casey, many a times keeps it close to the vest. As far as as far as what really happened between them two, but we know that it hurt her to the soul. Whatever occurred between Casey Haley and Mary J. Blige, it almost caused her to commit suicide. It almost caused her to end her life. And ladies and gentlemen, imagine if during this era, if Mary had committed suicide, had Mary ended her life. First of all, she would have never gotten to see how legendary she became. And second of all, the majority of her fan base, black, young black women. Now you have young black women to middle-aged women. I have to say, because I'm a middle-aged man, middle-aged women who have recovered from their trauma. By listening to Mary Mary has been motivational for these women Had she killed herself That would have never occurred She would have been Like a Tupac Shakur Or a Selena Where her fans Her rabid fan base Would be listening to just these two albums And contemplating What could have been No, we know what hap- what, what could have been that be- That became One of the greatest of all time. A woman who bored her soul on records on the same level as La Lupe for all you salsa uh, romantic balladeer fans. On the level of Gladys Knight, Sade, Billie Holiday, Mary J. Blige bore her soul on records just like those women did before Mary. Mary also influenced women like Jill Scott, 
Alicia Keys and Keisha Cole, who a lot of people compared Keisha to Mary J. Blige because she bore her soul into her music, similarly to Mary J. Blige. She was, you could tell by listening to Keisha Cole's music and by hearing Keisha Cole talk about how she idolized Mary. She could relate to Mary because Keisha, like Mary, had a very rough teenage life, a very uh, tough life growing up. Ladies and gentlemen, I recommend you guys watch the My Life Mary J. Blige documentary. It goes into the making of the album, and Mary talks about the mindset she, she was in at that time. And ladies and gentlemen, she was very careful in describing her relationship with KC. Didn't even mention KC by name. I would love to know what really happened between them two. I know I have accused KC Haley in the past of being abusive. I'm going to backtrack on that real quick because they, I was just going by rumors and what I thought. But I do say this one thing. I will say this one thing. Something traumatic happened because Mary was seriously contemplating suicide during this time period. And a woman or a man is not going to seriously consider putting an end to their lives, to their life, unless they are being abused or mistreated by the love of their life. And I'm, I'm going to say this now. I've always felt this. Mary J. Blige and Casey Haley were soulmates that never got married. Um, probably the best thing that ever happened to both of them was to separate when they did back in 1995. Right after this, not, not and I believe, soon after this album was released, sometime in 1995, they finally separated for good. But, um, I always felt they were soulmates. Um, Mary's uh, uh, marriage to that clown who divorced her, and I'm not even going to mention that bastard's name, but he divorced her and then tried to uh, get alimony from her so he could support his young, much younger girlfriend. That was a fucking disgrace, you piece of shit, right? In my opinion, he did more emotional damage to Mary than KC did. Just my opinion. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, shout out to Brother M. Dumbe from uh, my African brother. Great uh, voice note that uh, he mentioned my life being his favorite song and, and why he did. Ladies and gentlemen, my life is a very spiritual record. She is looking for answers, but she also is not giving up because she talks about in the song, I know it's hard, but we will get by. And if you don't believe in me, just believe in he because he'll give you peace of mind. Yes, he will. And you'll see the sunshine for real. Yes, you would. By the way, master songwriting by both Mary and Chucky Thompson. Chucky Thompson using the My Life in the Sunshine sample by the legendary Roy 
airs perfectly blending and that's hip hop soul where you would sing music off of old hip hop or soul samples which was a continuation of the new jack swing era because that was the genre created by Teddy Riley that began that first began incorporating soul samples or hip hop samples while a singer was singing a brand new song. Um, I know people are going to say, oh, you, you're not giving Puff Daddy his due. Fuck Sean Puff Daddy Combs, P. Diddy, P. Skitty, Brother Love, whatever the fuck he's calling himself today. He's nothing but a fucking con artist and a culture vulture, right? Yes, he was one of the executive producers of this album alongside Andre Harrell, the man who uh, gave Mary his her record contract when he went to Mary's apartment while she was a teenager with her mother in the in the Yonkers pro, uh, pro, a housing project. He went up there and he convinced Mary's mother to allow him to sign Mary, right? Andre was always a father figure to Mary, despite the fact that Andre, rest in peace to Andre Harrell, because he died a couple years ago, as did Chucky Thompson. It is sad that the two men that were a huge influence in Mary's superstardom, Chucky Thompson and Andre Harrell, died soon after the filming of the My Life documentary. But you did hear what they had to say about uh, working with Mary and Chucky. All the success of my life belongs to two people. Well, Andre for being the head of Uptown Records. This album came out on Uptown Records. But create creatively, fuck Sean Combs. It all comes down to two people. Chucky Thompson, who wrote the vast majority of the songs I'll be playing today on the podcast. And Mary J. Blige, because this was the first time she was able to write about her life. And then her and Chucky made beautiful music together off of an album that was her singing about her love and desire and turmoil with Casey Haley. Ladies and gentlemen, before I go on to the next uh, couple of voice notes by uh, Jermaine from um, Ottawa and Miss Chestnut, they there we they will be talking about their love of the song "Mary Jane" all night long. So we'll go into that. But before we go into their voice notes, I want to read a poem I wrote called "My Life." I wrote this poem back on July 11th, 1997. At this point in time, I was 29. Um, this was a few days before my son's fifth birthday. The name of the poem is called My Life by Roberto Silva Jr., myself, Robert Silva. And this is what I wrote. If you look at my life, what do you see? You see a life filled with pain and misery. They say the eyes are the mirrors of the soul. If you look into my eyes, you see a giant hole. 
a hole that continues to grow day after day, leading to a heart filled with decay. They always say once bitten, twice shy. I've been bitten more than a banana pie. Why do I continue to endure, you may wonder? Because whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. If you look at my life, what do you see? You see a man who has lost faith who has lost faith in being free. Free to love his life without fear. It gets worse each and every year. I know I no longer know who I could trust or despise. Every friend could be the devil in disguise. I lost faith in having trust, and for that I have total disgust. Disgust for my fellow peers, built up throughout the years. If you look at my life, you see tears. Thanks once again, Rob, for allowing me to share on your platform. Mary J. Blige's My Life album, one of the classics uh, that we were blessed with in the early 90s, I believe 1994. Um, Mary J. Blige doesn't get the flowers that she deserves. And what I mean by that is she doesn't get the flowers uh, worldwide. Um, she is not always acknowledged as one of the greatest female singers that we've ever heard and seen. Um, in my opinion, maybe because of where, where she came from and how tough it was um, how she came up and she still has that demeanor and appearance about her but this is one of the greatest female singers to ever grace us and she will be missed um, when she no longer performs we need to appreciate her while she's here um, all night long I think that may be the first song on the album I'm just trying to remember but is my favorite song uh, mainly because of how she put her heart into this one um, and she was also playful in it as well I don't know if any of you guys really got that from uh, this track but I did um, a great sample from the Mary Jane Girls uh, which is also a, a song that I like so pretty much the same thing but coming out of Mary J. Blige's uh, voice, which is uh, very, very soulful, but as well on all of her music that she's basically sung, or all of her songs, I mean, that she has basically performed, you get the hurt, you get the pain, you get the hood in a lot of those, a lot of those tracks and that i really appreciate um it, this is the thing about what goes on these days which is very rare and what was what it was like when we grew up or even further than that you see the heart and the the effort and the pain put on these songs you don't see the cookie cutter products like what you see today uh, where the industry is just putting things out there and putting people out there, putting males and females out there that um, are easily um, duplicated. They're one and done. They're here one day and they're gone the next. 
they they don't have a marriage applies who has the the staying power um to go from decade to decade they don't have a marriage applies that has the heart and can sing and the past comes up when she sings you don't see that and hear that nowadays very very rare and she is one of those that um that personally i won't forget um especially during that time in the 90s when rap came on extremely strong and so did R&B groups you have a solo artist like Mary J Blige who can belt out hits belt out hood hits and it, you'll never forget it and it, it just hits you differently than what you hear from anybody else there's always a lot of great singers out there especially in the 90s you had a bunch to choose from but when it comes to the singers where you know that they had to sing to survive they had to put you know music out not only because they loved to sing but it was a way for them to provide for themselves and their families and you hear it in their songs you hear the past in their songs the pain that they went through all the the trials and the tribulations that they experienced the hardships you know addiction uh deaths in families you know our friends uh losing a child uh, i'm just generalizing with a lot of these artists um from back then it still goes on today but the industry doesn't seem to want to put those type of artists in the forefront they want you to to be null, uh lulled to sleep by like i just said before cookie cutter artists and i'm glad that i came up in a time where you can have a marriage oblige and you can listen to her and you can appreciate her and you can still play the songs today my life classic classic album um anybody who's listened i'm sure you've listened to all of it but if you haven't or if you just heard a few songs you need to go back over it again and uh you know play every track just great great music great great songs once again rob thanks again everybody blessings to those who are hearing this enjoy the day when rob asked me to do a voice note on my favorite song of mary j blige's my life album i was honored i was ecstatic because this is like one of my favorite albums in the entire universe besides Share My World. And Mary J. Blige is one of my favorite R&B artists. I call her the rhythm and blues soul sister, soul sister singer. That's what I call her. Um, It was actually hard picking a favorite song because this is like one of those albums that you can play from beginning to end without skipping a song. So before I started the voice note, I listened to the album and I did like a little verses between uh, two songs. And I picked Mary Jane All Night Long and Mary's Joint, which was tough. But I went on ahead and I went with Mary Jane. I love that song. 
I love where the song originated from. And to cover an original song, it's not easy. But Mary J did her thing. I mean, she covered... This song came from the soul funk disco sisters, the Mary Jane girls. And if you didn't know that this is where this song originated from, you would think that this song originated from Mary J. Blige. That's just how good she covered this song. So I'm a I'm gonna go with uh Mary Jane All Night Long as my favorite song off this album. Admit it, 
Shout out to Jermaine and uh, Miss Chestnut for uh, those great voice notes talking about their love of the song Mary Jane all night long. By the way, Chucky Thompson masterfully used Rick James' all night long sample that he had written, produced, and played most of the instruments on for his group. The song All Night Long. Oh, the Mary Jane Girls. And this was apropos. Mary Jane All Night Long. Written and produced by Rick James for the Mary Jane Girls. Mary J. Blige's real name, full name, legal name, is Mary Jane Blige. So you could see Mary at the time. Mary would have been 11, 12 years old when All Night Long came out. And... As a little girl, she could relate to the song all night long. And so she probably had, now this is conjecture on my part, but I'm putting myself in Mary's position because Mary's just a few years younger than me. Mary is 51. I'm 54. So growing up in that same era, her and I both being Generation X, her and I both being from New York, her from Yonkers, me from the South Bronx. Both of us growing up in the projects. We're listening to music on either WBLS or KISS FM. This is 1983, 1984. She hears the record. And she's going, one day, I'm going to write about this song. Or something similar to this song. Because I can relate to the song. She's Mary Jane. Her name is Mary Jane, and these are the Mary Jane girls singing about, give me your love, my love, all night long. And so, in 1994, she gets to write this song to the sample, to the instrumental that Rick James had written, produced, and played most of the instruments on by the Mary Jane girls. All night long. And this is one of the first songs that Mary gets almost total credit. You got to give some songwriting credit to Rick James because it's his sample they're using and they're using her words. Uh, uh, My love's rating when you reach the top, come into my bedroom, honey. What I got will make you spend money all night long. That's all Rick James. He wrote those lyrics for the Mary Jane girls on all night long. But Mary adds to it with her lyrics. Ooh, baby, not tonight. I don't want to fuss and fight. I just want to make it right. Oh, there's work to do. I want to get real close to you. I want to get you in the mood. Now, when I read these lyrics and I think back at the time, her love-hate 
love affair with Casey Haley. This is her saying, ooh, baby, not tonight. She's, she doesn't want to fuss and fight. They they had legendary fights. Um, we don't know the truth, but we do know that they had fights. She doesn't want to argue with them. She doesn't want to argue with him. She wants to make it right, and she wants to get him in the mood so they could have one of their passionate love-making session, session, sessions. She continues, all the things you want to do, just relax and I'll take care of you and anytime you want me i'm saying that i love you every day and i know that you love me baby admit it i mean mary's pouring her heart and soul out on this record and throughout the entire album and and this song especially she's singing about her love for kc she's telling the world that she just wants to love the man. She just wants to get him in the mood. Give me all your love and don't stop. My love's waiting when you reach the top, which is originally written by Rick James, but it's apropos for this song. Mary continues, you know that I know that you love me. So if you just give me a chance, I can still show you romance. I know that you you're still saving for my flavor, babe. So stop playing hard to get. Let's make love like we first met. And that's her hawking back because I believe her and KC began dating in 1991. So around that time would have been the first time they made love. And if you ever saw Mary and KC sing together, and you hear the passion that I talked about on the fir- on part one of Mary's career, the Watch the 411 debut. I don't want to do anything else. The duet between her and Casey Haley sounded like them, those two were making love while singing that song. The passion was unreal. It was unadulterated. You hear the passion in their voices when they're singing to each other in that song. And in Mary Jane All Night Long, an up-tempo dance ballad in which Mary is once again proclaiming her love for Casey and wanting to stop the fussing and fighting. Let's make love like we first met. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, on to the... uh, on to the next voice note. Um, I'm going to introduce the young lady, and then I will talk about her voice note and the song, I'm the Only Woman, on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is your boy, the OG Rob Silver. And I'm introducing uh, Cheyenne Lene, Motor City Oprah, as she gives us a few words about Mary and her favorite song from the My Life album. Go ahead, Cheyenne. My favorite um, Mary J. Blige song is actually on the My Life album, which is I'm the Only Woman. Absolutely love that song, how it comes on. I love how like the the music and the beat just kind of like sneaks up on you. That uh, like you said, the Curtis Mayfield um, "Give Me a Love" sample is just perfect, beautifully done, and 
just the lyrics, you know, I'm the only one you need. All you have to do is trust me. Oh, like it God. is just, oh man, like it's I've heard that song so many times and just so many memories <laughs> and just and, 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 and Cheyenne, you, know, you hear the tears in her voice when she's singing. Mm-hmm. I'm the only woman. And and I was telling Cheyenne off air that whenever I make a playlist with I'm the only woman, I include in disorder, Give Me Your Love by Curtis Mayfield. The instrumental from I'm the Only Woman that, that they play on the, on the album before I'm the Only Woman. So I play those three consecutive and it's perfectly blended. And the producers of this album did a masterful job with these soul samples. And Mary was the perfect, perfect, perfect. person to do this album. And basically, and I'm, you've heard me talk about it throughout this entire podcast. Therapeutic for her breakup with uh, Casey Haley. So once again, Cheyenne, thank you for those wonderful words. Absolutely. Thank you.
Shout out to Cheyenne for that wonderful voice note I introduced her on. Uh, Cheyenne, uh, I'm the Only Woman is top three, top four Mary songs of my, of my favorites. It's one of my three or four favorite Mary J. Blige songs of all time. I fucking love this song. Chucky Thompson blended the... Give Me Your Love, Curtis Mayfield sample from the movie Superfly. That's a great fuck, man. If you guys haven't seen the movie Superfly, watch it. Great story of a drug lord who is doing his best to try to get out of the game because he realized that he is serving poison to his community, played by the late, great, legendary Ron O'Neill, who also played... Whitley Gilbert's father. He was Mr. Gilbert, Judge Gilbert on A Different World. Ron O'Neill is doing his damnedest to get out the game, but the police and the mob don't want him to go. They want him to stay selling drugs. The song, Give Me Your Love, is my favorite scene in the movie. He is making love to the very beautiful and sexy Sheila Frazier in the jacuzzi, in the tub. The bubbles are flowing, and you see her perfect breast coming up above the bubbles. They are making love to this song, Give Me Your Love. And I love the part when Curtis Mayfield plays the part where it goes, Chucky Thompson's production with Mary's vocals makes this my favorite song on this album. In my opinion, the best song on this album. And I mean, that's just my opinion. You've got 13 songs on this album, minus the interludes. And any one of those, you could make an argument is the best record on this album. But you have Chucky's production with the Curtis Mayfield sample, Give Me Your Love. And Mary, once again, she is the writer of this song. She's the she is the sole songwriter. The only other person getting um songwriting credits on this song is Curtis Mayfield because of the sample they use. But once again, an autobiographical song that Mary is singing about the love of her life, Casey Haley. I'm the only woman you need, only one you need, take heed. Don't be a fool like your daddy. If you want to be happy, I'm the only woman you need. All you have to do is trust me. Never have to be sad again because I'll always be your friend. There's, there, there is a couple of lines on here that really, really hit home. And you can, and you can tell that she's not totally blaming him. Because she's playing a part in the turmoil in their relationship. But at the beginning of the song, she goes, I gave my heart to you. What more can I do to show you how much I care about you and all the little things you do? But see, all I ask is that you make me feel like I'm somebody. All day, all day, every day, give your loving away. I, I see Mary. This is how I interpret what Mary is saying in the song, what she's singing about, what she wrote about. I'm the only woman. 
she and there was rumors again, ladies and gentlemen, I emphasize the word rumors that Casey was womanizing throughout the relationship with Mary J. Blige. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie and say I never cheated on women because I have cheated on women. Not my, the woman I just broke up with. I know I could, I could have never cheated on her, but in past relationships, go back to my earlier podcast. And I talk about when I did cheat, but I never cheated on a woman when I was passionately in love with that woman. My recent ex, I was with her for eight and a half years. I couldn't look at another woman. And we've been separated now for almost two months, six weeks, going on seven, and still can't look at another woman. Mary talks about this in the song, how could Casey love her? When she's not the only woman, she wants to be the only woman. And then she compares Casey to her daddy. Uh, so apparently, in the conversations between Casey and Mary about their par- parents, Casey's father allegedly was a womanizer like her, uh, like him. Now, I could never cheat on a woman if I'm passionately in love with her. All my feelings is on her. I know that Casey loved Mary. Why he cheated on her, I am making no excuses. The man was part of the biggest R&B group of the early 90s in Jodeci, and women were throwing themselves at him. No excuse. When you have a woman as beautiful, as talented, as soulful as Mary J. Blige, how could you look at another woman? As sexy as she is, as voluptuous as she is, with that killer smile, with that body of a goddess, how could you do that? Not judging you, Casey, but uh, you know deep down inside, because I can tell there is remorse because you took that woman for granted. And Mary played a part in it because every time, allegedly, Casey would do her wrong, she'd take him back. This song is telling you that all he has to do is stop being a Lothario and just sell on her. And she talks about, I always wanted to be your wife. What's the, where's the, let me see. Ba, 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 I want to read this. Oh, I know that I was wrong for all that carrying on. Now, this is Mary in the song admitting that she herself was unfaithful. And now I'm pontificating here. Probably as a result of KC initiating the infidelity first. So she saw that, and maybe as a way to make him jealous, she engaged in extra, uh, an extracurricular activities with other men. I know that I was wrong for all that carrying on, but are you going to hold this against me for life? You know all I wanted to do is be your wife and make you happy. 
Where do I where where I get this right here? What do I get from these words right here? Mary was in her in my opinion did not want to do what she did, but she did this to try to make him jealous, all that carrying on. Right? He is throwing that in her face when they're arguing cuz she sees him and I'm just this is me pontificating ladies and gentlemen I'm I'm this is a conjecture on my part she sees him at a show they uh they're they're together somewhere at a show a concert they're touring together or they're at a record studio and they're walking around and women are like KC 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 and then she brings it up to him in one of their heated arguments and KC's like why you get mad at me? What about the time I saw you with this guy, or you admitted to doing this with that with 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 that guy, throwing it in her face, right to try and um legitimize his flirtation and his uh womanizing. So as you can see, they had a very toxic relationship, and it comes out in this song, "I'm the Only Woman," but you hear Mary singing her heart heart out. Of her love for this man that despite all the pain and turmoil and heartache that he's given her throughout these four or five years that they were together, she would do anything for him. She would die for him and she still wanted to be his wife. Awesome fucking song. I mean, definitely one of my three or four favorite Mary J. Bly songs of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, the next voice note you'll be hearing is from my longtime friend from, from the shy, LL School K. He'll talk about his favorite song, You Bring Me Joy. I will play You Bring Me Joy, and I will talk about it on the other side. Yo, Rob, man, do me a favor. You got to stop doing this to me, man. It's like every show that we've done, man, you put me in the corner and it's 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 so hard it's so hard you gotta stop doing this to me man i can't keep working like this anywho this album my life it's been a long time since i heard this album and it's so hard because after going over this catalog and this beautiful display of work, I don't know. It's hard to pick because every song is a hit. But there is one song in particular. I was able to narrow it down. And I like that. Uh, you bring me joy. I think that's the name of that song. Yeah, You Bring Me Joy. That's my favorite song by her. And it, just to make sure I'm correct, I think the people that wrote this song was Chucky Thompson and Joy Haley and Mary J. Blast all wrote this song together. And I, I don't know why they... Uh, I don't know what role uh, the vulture P. Diddy played on this song, but... I can say this. They did an excellent job picking out this sample. Let, let, let me just 
break that down. I want to talk about sampling for a minute because Mary J. Blige, because she was a part of the New Jack Swing era, which was a mixture of hip hop and R&B. So she is a part of the culture sampling um, artists that are in hip hop. Uh, has sampled a lot. Sampling was big in the 90s. Let's just make that clear. In the 90s, sampling was big. I want to say James Brown was probably the most sampled artist in hip-hop. But not to get off topic, it's just the reason why I'm talking about this is because Everybody loved to harp on rap and hip hop and newer uh, modern R&B and music not being as creative as the old school music. The music from back in the day, the doo-wop, the Motown, the R&B and soul. Yeah, uh, I will admit they came out with the records first, but music, the beauty of music, and I don't want to prolong this, but I got to talk about this. The beauty of music is it always reinvent itself. When I heard this song, it just made me want to just go into my deep voice. So what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. When we met, it wasn't quite clear to me. Anybody that has followed music and listened to old school like I do will know that this record is a sample from Barry White's Ecstasy When You're Laying Down Next to Me. This is a song I want to say that came out and was released in 1974. Correct me. I'm going off. I'm going off memory here. So correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Silver. You you know better than I do. I should know, but I, I'm trying not to screw up because I've really dropped the ball on that last uh, Mary J. Blige's uh, show when I said Roberta Flack, when that was really a Marvin Gaye sample of that song that she did with Method Man. So I'm just trying to make up. <clears throat> Make sure I got my facts straight. But anywho, sampling has always been a part of uh, the R&B genre. Back in the day, they called it cover songs. If you listen to Luther Vandross, he got a bunch of cover songs. Only for one night is a cover song. Back then, they called them cover songs. We 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 just sample, but. The difference is this song here, this You Bring Me Joy, I love the writing. That's why I mentioned the people that wrote the song, because I love the way they put that song together. The bridging, the the chorus, the background singers, they really uh, got creative because that that type of beat and that type of tone is a joy joy type of rhythm and instrumental where it makes you want to move it makes you happy it makes you feel good and we need more joy right now dealing with this political climate the country being all divided um just listening to that song and listening to getting that positive vibe and 
something that make you feel good, something that give you that energy. And when that song originally came out in the 70s, that was done by Barry White. I want to say uh, R&B and soul was drifting was going was transitioning into funk so it was kind of a funky type of beat and that's what i love about it it was a disco it was transitioning into disco and and funk at that time and uh that's what i loved about this particular song because it did bring you back and another thing i want to talk about when these artists these newer artists sample old school artists it makes you wonder um it makes you appreciate and it just re, it just uh, venerates the people that come before you. I really wish I, when I say it venerates, it venerates and pays homage to the people that came before them. So I have no problem. I love the, the, um, um, the remixing of these songs uh, that we've heard before. And that's why I love this song so much because um, hopefully Silver does a Barry White tribute, but this ain't about him. I really wish, though, Mary J. Blige and Barry White could have done something because I think their voices complement each other. I think he died in 03 on Independence Day, 4th of July. So they 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 had time to do stuff, something. I don't know why it just didn't ever happen. I would have loved to hear a Barry White and Mary J. Blige collab- collaboration. That would have been crazy. But anywho... You bring me joy is my favorite album on this song on on is you bring me joy is my favorite song and record on this album even though it's hit after hit after hit number 1 number after number 1 on this record and that's my choice You bring me joy you bring me joy
My brother from the shy, LL, School K. Yes, indeed, it was very difficult for you to decide, for all the listeners, really, that sent in voice notes to decide their favorite Mary song. Because this song, like I stated earlier on the podcast, it's a perfect album. Five mic album. Every song on here is a banger, whether it's dance whether it's a romantic ballad or a heartache ballad, introspective ballad, like my life, the very first song and the title song. The very first song I played in the title song of the album, my life is the ultimate introspective song. You Bring Me Joy continues a theme that Mary had started with Mary Jane all night long that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I don't want to fuss and fight. She said the same thing in Mary Jane all night long. She doesn't want to fuss and fight. She just wants to have fun with the man she loves and make him feel good, make the two of them feel good together in a loving, tender moment. She goes in the song, you know, if the time is right, I don't want to fuss and fight. I just want to let you know I'm feeling good tonight. Uh, I interpret that as her feeling horny. <laughs> I'm feeling good tonight. Nothing wrong with that. Look, if your woman sees you and she's horny, that's a good thing. I'm feeling good tonight. I want you to take my hand and promise you'll be cool because I know you'll like the way 
that I move, huh? When she's moving on top of you, baby. Oh my God! And um, this is a very, very detailed song when it comes to Mary's love, lust, attraction, and devotion to KC. And by the way, here's a little nugget for you guys. This song was co-written by Mary and KC's brother JoJo. So it adds a little more twist to her desire for KC. Um, who would know better than KC, other than Mary at the time, than his best friend and brother, JoJo Haley. So JoJo co-wrote this very, very profound song, a very, I wouldn't say explicit, but detailed take on her love for the love of his life, for the love of her life. JoJo's brother KC, she continues, I don't know what I would do, do without you in my life, boy. I don't know if I could live, live without you. You bring me joy. Ladies and gentlemen, we've all been there where you love somebody so unconditionally with all your heart and soul, with all your being that you cannot fathom living life without that person. I've been there. I just recently was in a relationship that recently broke up in which I could not I could never never visualize myself without her this is mary in this song saying that she cannot live her life she cannot think about life without casey powerful song and this is a dance song hey, 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 hey. but she's using this dance song this song full of great rhythms by expressing her unconditional love, her undying love for the love of her life. Very powerful song. And um, man, you feel this song to the bone because even though she is saying, you bring me joy, she's stating that Casey Haley is bringing her joy. The flip side is he's also bringing a pain because He's not acting right. He's allegedly womanizing, allegedly engaging in substance abuse with her. Um, mental abuse is going on. Physical abuse might be going on. So even though she is singing that you bring me joy, it's camouflaging the pain that she gets from being with this man. A pain that would eventually end the relationship. Because remember, in this song, just like in Mary Jane's All Night Long, she's singing, I don't want to fuss and fight. I just want to be with you. I just want to have fun with you. We've all been there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you try and block out the 
pain and agony that your significant other is giving you just so you can relive that joy. She's saying you bring me joy, but this man also brings her pain. What a deep song for what is a dance ballad. Usually dance ballads are not that deep, but once again, when you go through the lyrics, when you listen to the passion that she sings about this man, you bring me joy. The love there, the love and hurt are as deep as it could ever get. And ladies and gentlemen, we've always been there. I was just recently there. Now, on to two more voice notes by two regulars of the show. Uh, My namesake, Rob from Philly, and one of my favorite listeners, Lala. They're going to talk about why they love I Love You so much. Then I'm going to play I Love You by Mary, and we will discuss the voice notes and the song on the other side. OG Rob, so what's going on, family? Yeah, you know I'm saying Yezo from Philly. Um, Mary J. Blige album, My Life Classic. You, you know, um, hands down, one of her best albums ever. Um, that album, you know, to pick a favorite, you, you, you know, you're asking me, <laughs> you know, you're kind of boxing me into a corner there, yo, but, um, when we was coming up, you know what I'm saying, me and my cousin and his wife, you know what I'm saying, we was smoking weed, playing Madden to this Jones. She was smoking all our weed while we was playing Madden. <laughs> we was digging up on this Mary, my life, you know what I'm saying? It was always that Keith Murray intro, my life, and you got to believe. That was where we started the CD at. Um, but, you, you know, my favorite on there um, is I Love You. You, you, you know, Mary, Mary killed that Joan, bodied it. Um, you, you know, that's what makes her. You, you know, the 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 queen of the the, the queen of hip hop R and B. You know, for sure. Like I said, I I told you a while ago, Lauren Hill, if she ain't go crazy, but MJB, she she the queen. You know what I'm saying much respect. That album's a classic. You, you know, and um. Yeah, I got nothing else left to say about that. But you know, that was that was some shit that we we listened to and rocked back in that day. Peace out from Philly, yo. Hope Mom Dukes, you know what I'm saying, is is is, is doing good and she's on the road to recovery. Um, prayers, brother. Hey, Rod. This is Lala. I'm ecstatic to be doing a voice note on Mary J. Blige. You know, I started this journey of listening to your podcast on the Mary J. Blige was the 411, and I've been hooked ever since. I'm not going to lie, though. I was low-key. No, I was high-key jealous. You know, when I heard all those voice notes, I was like, I want to share how I feel about Mary music. But, you know, my time has came. Um, The My Life album is an album that really got me through some of the toughest times in my life. It's funny because when I first listened to the album, I was very young. Like, I remember my stepfather would play it. I didn't even know who it was. I just, one day eventually, going through his CDs and stuff, something was nagging on me. And I put the album on. I was like, oh, okay, that's a nice album. But it didn't really hit me 
then and I was very young. Um, I do remember, you know, watching her videos for Be Happy and I'm going down on TV and singing my heart out. Didn't know what I was, you know, I don't know why I was taking my heart out. I just <laughs> was in front of the TV screen. But it was an album that I would later on reference for many things. It was actually my favorite Mary J. Blige album for a very long time. Now I try to stay away from it because it is a deep, dark album. And it really puts me in a place, you know, I don't want to be. But it's also... It also has the capability of pulling me to the place that I need to be when I am going through something. Um, I know this whole album is about a relationship. I'm not oblivious to that, but I like to take music sometime and I might take a verse from it, a hook from it, chorus, whatever, and just apply that one part of a song to a certain area of my life. And one of the songs on here is I love you and again I know it was about a relationship but that song gave me the ability to let go of someone who was very very close to me and that was my grandfather so in 2000 the summer of 2003 my grandfather fell ill we found him in the parking lot he had suffered a massive no not the parking lot we found him in the driveway of his home he had suffered a massive heart attack Um, you know, and every day I would pray for him and go see him and just want him to get better. And I felt like those prayers were definitely being answered. And when we got to 2004, the the very first day, January 1st, 2004, I just remember thinking like, wow, he's suffering. Like he needs to go and be home. So my cousin had me on the phone and she was trying to talk to me because she knew I was really grieving. I was very close to this man. And I just remember, I was just like, I got to put on the I Love You song. And I put it on, and it was just, you know, it starts off to those pretty memories. I know you can hear me now for the record, I love you. So as I'm listening to that, I'm thinking of him, I'm saying prayers, and I'm like, God, you know, I know he wants to go home, like, let him be free. You know, because I felt like he was sticking around for me. That's just what I felt like at the time. Everybody else had accepted, like, this is probably the end. And even if he came home, life would not be the same. But I hadn't. And it just seemed like he was just really holding on. And I would visit him every single day. I was able to spend the last six months with him. And when September of 2003 came around, I don't know what I did, but I got expelled temporarily from school. It was a blessing in disguise because those hours I would have been at school, I was in the hospital with him doing my little homeschool work and taking care of him, like literally. And so, like I said, when January 1st came, I was just like, he's suffering, you know, he keeps getting out the hospital, going to rehab and getting sent right back to the hospital, you know? And I just, you know, I had to make peace with it. And I said, you know, to God, like, let him be free. And I also, even though I wasn't in a room with him at that moment, I was home. But I said to him, like, I guess I felt like I was saying it to him spiritually, like, be free. Like, go ahead and leave. And then, you know, of course, the verse, the first verse came. And 
she says, when I found out that you were leaving me, I couldn't sleep that night thinking about all the things that we've been through. And like that just tore me up because that's exactly what I was feeling. Because I was like, I know the next bit of news that I get after tonight is going to be the news that he transitioned. You know, it, it was breaking me down because he had taught me so much. You know, I was adopted by his daughter and he loved me like I was his own grandchild. And he really, I mean, he really spoiled me, but he really taught me so much, so much. And I just couldn't phantom life without him, but I knew I had to let him go. So, I mean, a lot of the songs mean a lot of things to me. And that one song means more than one thing to me. I could apply that to more than one part of my life, but I chose to speak on that. So thank you for allowing me the opportunity to always be able to voice my opinion, share, you know, my experiences and my memories on the music. And I definitely could not wait to do this one. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
I can always count on my namesake from Philly, Rob, and Lala to come through with thought-provoking voice notes up. Lala, once again, you give us an account of a family member that relates to one of the songs that I play on the podcast. Um, God bless your grandfather. Beautiful story about how you related the song, I Love You, to your grandfather. And I, this song, I Love You, Another great masterpiece written by Mary J. Blige on this album. And what she's going through in this song is exactly what I'm going through right now. I mean, this song hits home. Look at the words in the song. And, man, um, I'm playing, I'm playing this song over and over again because, God damn, my life, and no pun intended, my actual life is... Mirroring what Mary and KC were going through in this song. Look, to those pretty memories, I know you can hear me now. For the record, I love you. I love you. You know. And then she continues, now that I'm on my own, I know that in time I'll find somebody new. So now that I'm all alone without you, but I still love you, you'll know I'll never live without you now. Mary continues the theme throughout this album with this song of she doesn't think she can live without KC. In this song, they've broken up and she's discussing um, now that she's all alone, she still loves the man. And she says, you know, I'll never live without you. That's a feeling we all get when we break up from a long-term, passionate relationship. It's what I'm going through right now. Um, it's what my ex is going through right now because in the conversations we've had through texts, I mean, it's been through texts. We haven't really spoken. When my mother was first hospitalized, I let her know by text. My sister called her, but I let her know by text what happened to to, to my mother. And the night my mother almost died, um, which will be two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks. Well, I'm recording this episode on October 3rd. You guys will be hearing it from October 4th on. So basically almost two weeks ago today, my mother was put into a life-inducing uh, into a medically-induced coma. And she came out of it. They they got, they got uh, took her off that the following day. And then two days later, she was alert, and she survived what looked like was her final destiny to her journey to re- reuniting with my father, her husband, up in heaven. She has gotten much better since. She's no longer in critical condition. Uh, Today, they took my mother off of a feeding tube, and little by little, she's getting her appetite back. I mean, she still has uh, back pain and other issues that she has to deal with. Her arthritis is to the point where she's going to need physical therapy. But like I've said over and over again since she almost passed away two weeks ago, 
I'd rather her have a long road to recovery than no road at all. That being said, when she almost passed away, my ex and I were going back and forth on, on the text messages. And you know you know somebody very well when you can tell by their texts, by what they've written, what they are transcribing, what they are feeling in terms of you, in term, their feelings towards you. And I could tell that, and even today, uh, I asked her about her grandmother. Her grandmother is 86 years old, and her grandmother has pancreatic cancer, and I think they caught it at stage three. So at her age, that is very dangerous, very life-threatening. So I asked her about her grandmother today because when her, when her and I were going back and forth about my mother and when it looked like my mother had escaped danger, my ex texts me, says, you know, you don't have to worry about your mother dying now. She's out the wood. She's out the, how does she say it in the text? I don't want to read it off text. I'm trying to do it off my memory. But she claimed, not claimed, she she said, and my, my, and my ex is a registered nurse, so she's very in tune with critical patients, especially elderly patients. She's out the woodwork, I believe she said. Um, she's going to recover. You just have to do what needs to be done for her once she's returned home. I could tell. But, oh, my bad. After she said that, she said, but my grandmother is not so lucky. She's doing much worse than your mother. And I could tell by the way she wrote that text that the animosity towards me was still there. It's not going anywhere. It's still there. The way we broke up, uh, there's animosity to, on both sides, and rightfully so. I'm not going to go into why we broke up, but it's a point of no return why we broke up. And yes, there's animosity on both sides. Um, I believe more so on her part than me, but uh, we are both justified in our animosity towards each other. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to reiter re reiterate this. Our breakup had nothing to do with infidelity. Neither one of us was unfaithful. Neither one of us was unfaithful to the other. It was irreconcilable differences on our part, something that I wouldn't do and something that she's unable to do, okay? And both go hand in hand with why we broke up because one has a lot to do with the other. This song, Mary Hits Home, hits home my breakup because what I just said, she she goes in the, in, in the song, I wish you change your way soon enough so we can be together. You just don't understand good love, but now all we have is memories. I wish you change your ways soon enough. <laughs> the, the, er the irreconcilable differences between my ex and I have a lot to do with a couple of ways we have that are not going to change anytime soon on her behalf and my behalf. 
it's it's at a roadblock, an immovable roadblock. Man, this song hits hits it's home. Let me see. Oh yeah. Oh oh, I miss you. I miss you. Oh, I really miss you. Yes, and I could tell by the text, the animosity, but I could also tell that she misses me, and I can, and she could definitely tell I can miss her. But we can also, we both know that despite that feeling that we may never love somebody else the same way we loved each other, it's best that we part for good. Deep song by Mary because she's saying to herself that in this song that it's probably best that her and KC part for good, which eventually they would do a few months after this album and this song was released. Man, great fucking song. Really hits home. Now, one of the best songs on the album, and it's my brother, the musical genius when it comes to soul music, um, the ins and outs of all the all-time greats, and even those that never got to be all-time greats from the R&B representatives, JR is going to bless us with a voice note about I never, I never want to live without you. I will play out I Never Want to Live Without You by Mary, and then I will discuss JR's feelings about the song and my feelings about the song on the other side. What's going on, everybody? This is JR from the R&B Representatives, and I am honored that Rob asked me to talk about my favorite artist of all time, my favorite album of all time, Mary J. Blige's My Life. Everybody that knows me knows that Mary J. Blige is my favorite artist of all time. And it started, I know everybody loves What's the 411 because that's what started it all. But for me, it is this My Life album. This album changed my life at eight years old. It saved my life. Um, this is an album that connected, you know, made me and my mom's bond even stronger. Doing um, 90. Three to like 95, well, 96, my mom and I was going through a lot and music speaks for us. And this album came out during a time when me and her needed it. You know, um, she was going through things personally. I was going through things personally at eight years old that I wouldn't want to wish on anybody. And it was just a lot. And it felt like Mary was speaking for me. And she was speaking for my mom and we were able to bond together with this album. Even though me and my mom has always been close, we always have been close, have that strong bond. That's why I can understand Rob and his mom having that strong bond, which, you know, definitely continue to pray for Rob's mom. You know what I'm saying? Keep her in prayer, y'all. She's a strong warrior that we know with him talking about her on his platform and his show so you know what i'm saying she's a warrior so shout out to rob's mom and 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 i can connect to the relationship that he has with his mom and this album when you talk about me and my mom's relationship this is one of the first albums that you're gonna go to because it connected us and that's why it's my favorite album of all time it saved me but i am so glad 
that Rob let me talk about my favorite song from Mary J. Blige of her whole catalog, and it's track number nine, I Never Want to Live Without You. This song means the world to me. Um, everything about it is perfect. You know what I'm saying? And it's just an amazing, an amazing, I call it six minutes and 17 seconds of beautiful music. It's Mary's emotion in it. It's everything. Now, I know that Mary definitely was talking about KC on this. Well, the whole my life is all about her wanting and yearning and and, 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 and needing Casey and, and, and her feelings displayed on how she felt. But this song to me felt very spiritual to me. You know what I mean? Because uh, we all know in the first two verses, she's talking about, you know, the feeling that she has, that she can't live without this person, which was Casey. But at the four minute and 31 second, when faith comes in, with that baby, won't you stay with me a little while? I feel like that part right there for me, because music speaks for me, that's when God came in on that record and just took it somewhere else. With faith on these background vocals and that part, I always say four minutes and 31 seconds, that part right there, that's God to me. And that's why this record turns from, to me, it, it goes from, you know, a feeling of wanting to a feeling of spirituality. And that's why I love this song so much. And Mary is just ad-libbing through it. And you just have faith, just baby, won't you stay with me a little while? And Mary is like, baby, won't you stay? Like, she's talking to Casey, but I also feel like she's talking to God because we all know what Mary was going through during this My Life album. She was going through a lot. She was damn near about to kill herself. And I think at that part, she is like, God, I just want you to stay with me a little bit longer because you know what I'm going through right now. And that part right there means so much to me of what me and my mom was going through at that time. And every time I hear that song, it just, especially at that part, it just makes me smile because I can look back now and say, wow, God brought me out of it. But that song really brought me out of what I was going through in that moment. You know what I mean? So this song is just amazing, y'all. Please just, just close your eyes, have a thing of wine, and just let Mary take you and let faith background take you and just vibe with it. So this is I Never Want to Live Without You from the great, legendary Mary J. Blige. Thinking about 
I've told you this in private, JR, but man, I appreciate you, brother. You are a true brother. And the prayers that you have given my mother, um, the prayers that a lot of the listeners have given my given my mother shows the power of prayer. And, and um your love for your mother reminds me of my love for my mother and the bond that you share with your mother. Man, reminds me of the bond I share with my mother. So I appreciate you, Jr. Jr. has has reached out to me since my mother was first hospitalized, and he told me he told me from Jump Street. He said, "Rob, she going she going to pull through. She might be in danger right now. You think you're going to lose her, but no, she's too strong to go out like this." Touching story, Jr. You talked about your mother going through stuff during this time period and like you, 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 and you repeated exactly what I've been saying throughout this entire podcast that the My Life album is Mary's uh, ode to KC her love for KC her desire for KC her damn near how do you put it uh, obsession with Casey Haley and never gonna live without you once again just like the last song I talked about prior to this song I love you is Mary's inability to live without Casey Haley she feels that she can't she can't go on without him. GR, you brought up a fact that I had talked about earlier. That around this time, Mary was contemplating suicide. Because not only did she think she was never going to A marry KC or find or try and get him not to leave or for the relationship not to work out, but the substance abuse she was going through in her life and the self-hatred that she felt. Maria said this many, many times throughout her entire life that for many, many years, she did not love herself. She hated herself. She didn't think she was beautiful, despite the fact that she is a stunning beauty, right? I have been enamored with Mary from when I first saw her in the reminisce video. And good God almighty was she so damn uh, voluptuous in that music video because up until that point, they had hit, they really did hide black female singers' figures. Not Mary. She, I looked at Mary to, at in 1992, I looked at Mary like I looked at Shaka Khan in 1974 slash 75. I had never seen a woman built like that, look like that, that looked like me. Unbelievable. Oh, But even though she had thousands of men wanting her, she didn't feel worthy. Um. JR, I'm glad uh, your mother got through that uh, period of time between 1993 and 1996 
and when she was going through it, and you as a little boy, because you would have been seven when she first started going through what she was going through up until the age of 10, little boys hurt when their mothers are hurting. Many a time, harking back to my mother, and I've talked about this throughout my entire series of episodes I've done on this um, platform. When I was a little boy, whenever my mother was suffering, I would suffer. And I'd see her crying. And whether it was issues with my father's substance abuse or with issues of going through clinical depression that my mother suffered as uh, in her 20s to early 30s because she wasn't working. My mother felt she was a prisoner in her own home because my father was out there working and getting drunk after work. And she felt she was forced to watch us, the kids, the four of us, me being the oldest. If we made too much noise during this era when my mother had clinical depression, and this was 1975 to about 1979, she'd come out with the belt start whipping us. Stop making all that noise. She was going through a period of depression. And it was exasperated by my father's uh, drinking at the time. Um, there was, there was so, and and I and I talked about it on 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 several podcasts about the pain that she went through, and I would just sit there and and I would cry for my mother, just like Jr. would cry for his mother. JR, you were about seven years old. I was about seven years old, 1975, when my mother was going through her issues with my father. Remember, she felt that she was a prisoner to the home, to the point where in 1980, she got into a massive argument with my father, and she paid him back by leaving him for a few days and my father looked lost. It was more than a few days. It was about a, a week to 10 days she left. She left my father to take care of the four kids. She told my father she was never coming back. And I saw my father depressed. And my father, who that's the love of his life, he, he couldn't cook. He couldn't watch TV. He wouldn't talk until he finally uh, drove over to her mother's house and Convinced my mother to come back, but and, and and when I saw my mother that day, I was like, "Are you coming back?" And my mother's like, "Shh, I'm going to punish your father some more by pretending I'm not coming back, but I'll be back. Don't worry." And a couple of days later, she was she was back. Uh, I believe she came back on Mother's Day, 1980. But um, this song is. Once again, I, I relate to this song and I relate to your relationship with your with your mother, Jr. I mean, that's a powerful, powerful relationship. It's a bond. I've always said that there are two bonds in life that are damn near inseparable and damn near impossible to break. And that is the bond between a mother and a son and a father and a daughter. OK, those are two unbreakable bonds. Um. My ex, her son is now 20 years old. He'll be 21 next March. What I, The first thing that 
I was drawn to her to her was the bond she had with her son. She he was 12 when I first met her. And it reminded me of the bond that my mother and I have. The bond now that I see JR has with his mother. JR took his mother to a concert recently, the OJ's concert. Many men wouldn't do that. They they they'd be ashamed to take their mother to a concert. Not JR. That's how much he loves his mama. Right? And I saw that in my ex with her son. And even now, even now, she texted me a few days ago, and I could still see the animosity in her text. But in her text, she goes, pray for my son. Please, I don't like the way he's been acting recently. Just pray for him. She said that with animosity towards me, but she knows that, you know, I love that boy like he's my own. And so, you know, I text him afterwards and said, look, even though your mother and I are no longer together, you ever need to talk. Call me, text me, whatever. I'll stop whatever I'm doing and talk to you. I have the same relationship with my 17-year-old nephew who right now is in a feud with his mother. And my, and my sister, his mother, worships the ground my nephew, her son, w- 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 walks on. But she can be very hard on him, too hard. She's afraid, and I understand that. We live; They live in the Bronx. They We live in a world where there's a lot of people out there that are desperate and would do anything. And she is very over, overprotective of, a, of her son, but I don't blame her. She has to learn to back up, back off. And so, you know, I try and be a moderator between the two. I take him with me for a weekend to a week at a time to try to give her some um, relief. I even offered to take him in, but she refused to do that because that's that's her heart right there. The, the, The bond between a mother and son is inseparable even to the day they die. JR, I hope your mother lives a very long life. All right. Continue blessings to her. Continue blessings to your relationship. Um continue blessings to my ex and her son. Cause um I told her this many times. I said, you know, it's gonna be a time. I know but by, by by seeing how strong the bond is between my ex and her son that if she ever gets as sick as my mother has gotten that her son like i've been doing will be there to make sure that she gets the best care and that she is not left alone in this life okay um man powerful song and spiritual very spiritual um this was the first time I had heard of Faith Evans because she co-wrote this song and she sang back up on this song. She she did a phenomenal job. This was the first I ever heard of Faith Evans. And then in 1995, man, I think less than a year later, she came out with her incredible debut album. And the rest is history. And then there was a little uh, few between her and Mary that occurred. I'll get into that on Mary part three. I won't get that into that uh, right now. All right. The next voice note is from a very, I mean, man, 
I adore this chick. I mean, she we talk all the time on Twitter. She's a West Indian now living in in Toronto. Carla, I she's funny and 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 she she always makes me laugh with with her post on Twitter. And I'm glad I've been trying forever to get her to send in a voice note on one of the legends I talk about. She finally did. She's going to talk about how she loves I'm Going Down, and then we're going to play I'm Going Down, and I will discuss the song and Carla's voice note on the other side. So, uh, I guess my favorite song from my life from Mary J. Blige, I'd have to say, is I'm Going Down. Um, That song was actually constantly on rotation here in Canada on um, our premier station Much Music and this was back in the day where they were hardly playing any black musicians like mainstream but Mary J was literally one of the few and she just knows how to capture pain so well in her songs like I don't know what it is she's just very melodic and there's something so raw yet so telling about how she conveys her pain through her music and that's timeless that's classic and that's the queen of hip-hop and r&b mary j blige and there is no one else that can ever take her place when it comes to that time on my hand since you've been away boy I ain't got no plans, no, 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 no And the sound of the rain against my window pane Is slowly, it's slowly driving me insane Boy Yeah. 
Thank you, Carla, for that wonderful voice note about the true and only queen of hip-hop soul, Mary J. Blige. And in the history of music, Carla, she might be the ultimate queen of the heartache song. Um, I don't think, and, you know, my mother would always say La Lupe and Gladys Knight were on that level when it came to when it comes to, or when it came to expressing that heartache, that raw, raw heartache pain on the record. But I think with Mary's longevity, she has surpassed even both of them, even the legendary Billie Holiday. Now, that's just my opinion. You know, you guys disagree. You can't, I, there's no argument there because these are the greatest of the greats when it comes to heart aching, heartbreaking music. No one does it better than the four I just mentioned. The pain that you hear in their voice when they're singing. And I'm going to add Sade to that list too. You hear it. And as a man, you want to comfort that woman and, and be their hero, right? As a woman hearing these songs, you want to give that woman a hug and be there for them as a sister. I'm Going Down was originally recorded by the group Rolls Royce. They were the legendary songwriter and producer Norman Whitfield's uh, group. Norman Whitfield was the main writer of The Temptations during their psychedelic soul era. I mean, he wrote hit after hit after hit, including Papa Was a Rolling Stone, um, I Can't Get Next to You. Uh, so many songs that he wrote for the, the Temptations doing their biggest era. Now, ladies and gentlemen, about to give you a fun fact. I know that uh, most people consider the ultimate Temptations group is David Ruffin. Dennis, uh, De- uh, David Ruffin, Eddie Kendricks, Melvin, and Melvin Franklin, and uh, what's, what's what's my brother's name that allegedly killed himself? God damn it! 
<sighs> anyway, those four, those four, I, I can't get, and and I'm and I'm and I apologize for, because um, I know you guys are out there screaming the fourth member of the classic Temptations <laughs> group. Uh, it'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it. They were a great group, one of the greatest groups of all time. But ladies and gentlemen, fun fact: it was during the Norman Whitfield production and writing era, the psychedelic soul era that the Temptations were their most popular and they had the most hits Dennis Edwards was the lead singer, he had taken David Ruffin's place and it was Dennis Edwards on lead in which the Temptations had their most success, they had their most number one soul songs their most top ten um pop songs it was all during the era when Dennis Edwards was their lead singer you don't have to believe me look it up now Norman Whitfield would leave Motown in the early to mid 70s and start his own label and Rose Royce was his group and he wrote some great songs for them I'm going down being probably the most heart-wrenching song of the songs he wrote for them. Remember, he wrote the great I Want to Get Next to You for Rose Royce as well. And Car Wash, looking at the car. He wrote all those, produced all those songs for Rose Royce. I'm Going Down is another. This was a perfect placement on on this album. It's a remake, but a remake that goes Perfectly with the theme of my life, the theme of a woman who has either lost or is losing her man and is just expressing it, how her heart is shattered throughout this entire album. I'm Going Down is a perfect example of the hurt that Mary's going through. So it was the perfect placement, the perfect placement on this album of a remake. Because you couldn't do a remake, I don't know, uh, what would have been a remake that they could have thrown on here? You could not, this album, every song on this album contained Mary's want for Casey, her fear of losing Casey, her wanting to have fun with Casey in every song. So I'm going down. fit the criteria that this album, this concept album, it fit that criteria that this con- that this concept album had. This is possibly the greatest concept album dealing with a broken heart ever. I mean, I would have I would put it there with uh I Want You by Marvin Gaye, where basically it's him Singing about Janice throughout the entire album. Well, this is Mary singing about Casey Haley throughout the entire album. Um, So, Carla, once again, I thank you for your contribution. And we are going to go now into Carl's voice note. As he talks about the love he has for the song Mary's Joint. And we'll discuss it on the other side. 
The OG Rob Silva is doing a pod on the incomparable Mary J. Blige. Uh, Rob asked a very uh, good question about what is my favorite cut from Mary's second album entitled My Life. So Rob, here's the answer. The My favorite song from the My Life album is Mary's Joint. I've had discussions with a couple friends about the difference between Mary's debut album, What's the 411, and My Life. Uh, my friends, a couple of them, they say My Life was a, was a marked departure from the What's the 411 vibe, but um, I digress. Um, Mary's Joint is my favorite cut off My Life for this reason. It gives us a peek into Mary's pain. Uh, she expresses it as only she can, and Mary's joint actually feels like a continuation of the la the latter half of what's the four one one. Just I mean, just listen, man. You promised that you would never cheat or lie to me. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me, baby. Oof. The heartbreak in this song uh, is not uh, just applicable to a woman feeling, you know, this about a man. It, it it works all the way. It works the other way as well. You know, I'm, I'm going to hit you again. I love you so. I can't let go. You know it's real the way I feel. I want to stay. I'll try to wait for you, my dear, my love sincere. Man, if this isn't heartbreak for the ages, I don't know what is. You know, this is some vintage Mary J. Blige-ish. And it really... The, it really set the bar for her sharing her life. Thanks, Rob.
a uh, shout out to my uh, brother Carl for that great voice note. I had the privilege of meeting Carl about 10 days ago at the Shakur Stevenson fight in Newark, New Jersey, Prudential Center. Carl's a good dude, man. I uh, appreciate you, big man. Another dude that's been um, giving me prayers for my mom and just making sure that I'm okay. And I appreciate that. This fucking song here, Mary's Joint. Man, Mary is singing her broken heart ass off on this song. She is pouring it out. And it's another song. It's another song that relates to my recent breakup. I mean, this is just amazing. Now, I know that they got the culture vulture showing Combs as a co-writer on here. The fuck out of here. Get that piece of shit out of here. He put his name on this. This is Mary. This is Mary. This is from Mary's point of view, period. End of story. She, oh, the, When she starts it off, I know that you're just a man. But you're all the man I need. And I know that you care and you'll never leave. No, you'll never leave. I love you so I can't let go. You know it's real the way I feel. I want to stay. I'll try to wait on you, my dear. My love sincere. Then she goes on. You promised the way she sings that, that you would never cheat or lie. Lie to me, don't lie to me, baby. And you promise that you trust and believe in me. Please believe in me. She's trying to convince herself that. KC, because there's no other man she's she's talking about. She's talking about KC, the love of her life. Is going to hold himself to those words that he would never cheat or lie. I can see, you know, this song really hits home with me because my ex knows I made that promise all the time. And I, and I kept that promise. I never cheated or lied to her. Lie to me. Don't lie to me, baby. And you promised that you trust and believe in me. I trusted and believed in her until the, until a few months before we broke up because once again the irreconcilable differences between us that caused the breakup had me uh not believing in her 1000% like I used to and her not believing in me 1000% like she used to unnecessary pain Pain is pain. Now tell me who would get the blame if we should go astray? What will we do? What will we say? I'm going through that right now. I'm going through that right now. Who's to blame for my ex and I going astray? Well, the 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 answer is both of us. Because there was one thing she wanted from me that I wasn't willing to give up. Because there was one thing from her that needed to uh, be done in order for me to compromise with her and meet her halfway, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't come. It didn't come to an accord. This is a fucking deep song. Now tell me who would get the blame if we should go astray. If we should go astray, what will we do? 
what would we say? Well, what would we do? What we do is what we're doing now. We're apart, and we're apart for good. And then the rest of this song, she is just, Mary is just shouting out her love for KC. I love you so I can't let go. You know it's real, the way I feel. Why can't we work it out? Why, baby, can't we try? You said our love would always stand the test of time. Sounds like my lady singing to me, my ex singing to me. And I'm going to answer this question. Why can't we work it out? Irreconcilable differences. The two things that are that ended our relationship, they don't mix. They can't mix. One cannot exist with the other in its place. You said our love would always stand the test of time. Yes, I did say. Yes, I did, sweetheart, say that our love would stand the test of time. It did stand the test of time. Sometimes the shot clock runs out. The play clock runs out. The ball game ends. And the time ends. Time has expired. Stand, it stood the test of time during the time we were together. But once our time expired together, that was it. And that's it. Man. Another powerful song on a powerful album. On a perfect album. Mary put her whole heart and soul in this album. In one of the greatest concept albums of all time. And she bodied this entire album. This is her greatest work. And I don't. She never topped this, in my opinion. Now, a lot of people will say there were other albums that they enjoyed more, probably because they were more powerful love songs, unconditional. I know the, the breakthrough, a lot of people talked about that the breakthrough because, you know, it's marrying love. She finally found that man who unconditionally loves her and has her all the faults. Yeah, that same bastard that wound up leaving her for a much younger woman. Man, fuck him fuck out of here the breakthrough's a great album it ain't my life my life is a masterpiece times a thousand man can i really i can relate to this fucking fucking um um fucking album all these songs this is great therapy ladies and gentlemen great therapy for me and, and it's very therapeutic for the listeners that album man and this podcast go hand in hand I mean, that album was made for me to talk about it, considering the shit that I've gone through recently and the shit I've gone through throughout my entire life. As you can see from the My Life poem I wrote 25 years ago and read at the very beginning of the podcast. Now, the next voice note, all praises uh, should be given to this young woman. Aja, a great great writer of romance novel fame um you guys if you guys want to if you guys want to read books that uh get you in the mood this is what i do to get you in the mood for an aphrodisiac check her out on uh, on her uh on her uh twitter handle aja aja the writer I put on some I put on some friends to her 
to get to, to read her stuff. She examines black love like no other. Uh, her romance novels deal with black love, right? And that's what I'm here for, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm all about black love. That's the only love that I am here for. You know, and I know I got listeners from from um other uh uh other ethnicities. I mean, I'm looking at my numbers. I didn't know I had a lot of Australian and New Zealand um listeners. So uh, you know, I love you guys. That I love all my listeners, but when it comes to love, I only concentrate on one kind of love because that's the only kind of love I've ever been involved in, and that's black love. And that's what Aja deals in, black love. So we're going to listen to Aja's voice note, and then after Aja's voice note, I will pay, I will play another powerful song from Mary's My Life album Be With You I often start off my recordings talking about what the music meant to me when I was listening to it for the first time when I listened to My Life by Mary I was 14, 15 I played that CD over and over again not very differently than I did with her first album it was defining um, at that time I was still young too young to truly know the hardships of relationships and the hardships that a person and specifically a black woman would go through but I was coming into a place where I could see it more easily I could see the look of disappointment on the faces of people around me when there were breakups and um, lies were told and there was confusion in relationships and not just romantic ones I was starting to get a better picture of just how lo- how hard, I should say, how hard life could be. And Mary J. Blige's My Life um, was a reflection of that. But even listening then, I still didn't understand. I don't think that we are meant to understand things when we're a child, not all of it. I think that we are meant to absorb as much as we can. And when the time is right, whenever that is, the things that we've absorbed, the things that have been planted inside of us can now help us to, I don't know, make sense of it. So I would say that my life was one of those albums that I played religiously And I could play from beginning to end, um, no skips, and just immerse myself in it. I could sing to it. I could vibe to it. There were so many samples of music that um, my mom raised me on. 
uh, I mean, just, <laughs> just a plethora of old music infused with her sound um, was just a wonderful thing. And I can play it now. And when I play it now, it reminds me of being a 14 or 15 year old girl and who I was crushing on and who I learned was like a knucklehead, you know, and his name was Bill. Since you like the names, um, Robert, you like talking about how stupid they were. Bill was actually stupid, but, um, I can remember that time. I can remember giving um, my mom a hard time during this period of time. It only lasted for a short amount of time, but I was, you know, really feeling myself between 14, 15, and 16, and um, probably stressing her to fuck out. <laughs> um, and I still, I remember listening to Mary. I, re I remember listening to Mary and I remember the seeds being planted, not necessarily positive seeds. I think that Mary's earlier music wasn't really about planting a positive, not in the sense of like, um, you know, self-love and growth. I think that's what she wanted. And so you can hear her pleading out into the universe, asking God to help her with all these things that were plaguing her. And so while it wasn't a positive, it didn't sound like it, it would turn into a positive because the relatability of it all. At some point, we all have gone through something that seemed like it would destroy us. And we asked someone, we asked someone to help us out of it. We talked to ourselves first, like, girl, you need to get out of this situation. He ain't no good, you know, or fuck these friends, you know, like they keep putting you in positions that, just ain't no good or my money is never straight you know I need like why am I always in this position like we talk to ourselves and then when we don't seem to get ourselves together we start pleading out to whoever it is whatever it is we believe in to help us to help guide us while trying to hold it together while trying not to fall apart Everybody's been there. And if you haven't been there yet, you will. Because it's just part of growth. And my life, I felt like, was a reflection of all that shit. And all the conversations that she had with herself. And her pleading for a way out of it. And then her later music is a manifestation of just that, of what happened when she found herself out of it, when she started to love herself. So the positive that was planted in my life may not seem like it, but it was like a way of telling us 
that you will get out. Because look at this moment that she is in. And then look at where she ultimately ends up. Um, a lot of people really love Mary's struggle music. And I'm one of them. I will admit that during this time um, when she seems to be in pain is when she was producing the music that I felt like I could relate to. And it wasn't even my pain. It wasn't anything like pain that I might have known. Um, but it was still relatable. I could still understand it. It was a sound. It was a cadence. It was a soul-wrenching experience that I could receive and translate. <laughs> I loved it. And I loved her. Um, and I still do. I, I love to see the growth of her from this album. But this album specifically was like such a, um, a vibe and really about expressing being a woman. And admittedly, a lot of her struggles centered around a man or men. And I think that's because for most women, a lot of our struggles do center around men. In a male-dominated world, men can either be our biggest problem or like our greatest solution and savior. You know, a man can make you uh, feel like you are his goddess and then easily cut you down to you ain't shit. Either with his words or his actions, his inconsistency. And that can often lead to other things, you know. Drug abuse and, and uh, you know, the, the idea that you're not worthy of having anything better. And it could be a cycle that you just never stop repeating because you're constantly needing a man. To tell you that you're good and, and you're better. Um, because he loves you. And so while that may not have been my story back in 1994-95 when I was really jamming to this. Um, I was still a budding woman. I was becoming who I am today. I was on that journey and I could just relate in some kind of way deep down in my soul and um the I guess one of the things that I, I really love about Mary is that she was authentic and transparent like really willing to put herself out there in her music really willing to let people know just how imperfect she was and um so that people could be healed by it for one, because you don't feel alone. And I think that that's a major part of healing is knowing that your struggle is not just your own. It's a struggle other people can relate to. And then if they can get out of it, then so can you, if they can find their way out of it, then so can you. And I, I love Mary for that. I think she's one of my favorite artists for that reason, because she doesn't lie in her music. 
I don't know if she lies in life. You know, I think we all have lied and will lie again. But I think that her art, her art is truth. And um, that's the beauty of art. And I say that all the time. It's the beauty of art and music. You can really lay it on a line and you can remove yourself from it if need be. But you can still give people the truth. And um, she said, it's my life, right? So she's given her truth about her life. And I just think that that's such a beautiful thing. Robert. It's been a while since I've been on here, but I always feel like I'm blessed by being able to share my thoughts on artists and their music Um, because it's all an interpretation, but it's the truth for me. It's the truth for each one of us that are sharing because it is our story. It is our life um, that we're speaking on and how the music impacted it. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to listening to everyone else.
Once again, Aja gives us gives us some personal insight into her adolescence, into her innocence, into her uh, introduction to young love. Billy Boy, Billy Boy, wherever you at, if you happen to listen to this, if you happen to uh, hear Aja's voice. Don't be too don't 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 be too upset with yourself. You were one of a few dudes that uh didn't realize at the time <laughs> they could have been with someone very special. Well, all jokes aside, I hope Billy Boy is doing well in his life. Where he's at in this great world of ours. But uh, Aja, I always appreciate your in-depth voice notes on your life as a child and your life as an adolescent and your life when listening to the legends that I speak of, whether it's Ronald Isley, whether it's Keith Sweat, and whether it's Mary J. Blige. Be with you, man. Talk, man. This, 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 this song is my life equals Rob's personal life today. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing this song and I'm like, man, is this this is this is some great therapy, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm so glad that I'm able to do this podcast after what happened with my breakup. And now that I'm relieved that my mother is out of danger. Now, like I said, it's still a long road to recovery, but Death came knocking, and for the fifth time in her life, my mother has kicked Death's ass. I love it. I love it. Be with you. Back to this. Talk about a song that is really um, capturing what I'm going through. She, uh, Mary talks about, I can't deal with the fact that you don't want me around Why you want to see me down. It's so unusual that you don't love me no more. Why you want to close the doors? Close the door. I spent all my days and all my nights with you. Just tell me, what am I going to do without you? If loving you is so right, tell me how I'll make it through the night. You know that I don't ever want to leave you. Now, before I talk about how my life relates to this song, let's talk about Mary, another powerful song she's writing about KC, how she revisits an earlier song. On her first album, What's the 4-1? You can check out my review and tribute to that album on this platform. I talked extensively about I don't want to do anything else. If loving you is right, I don't want to do anything else. She revisits that in this song, Be With You, by saying, if loving you is so right, tell me how I'll make it through the night. You know I don't ever want to leave you. I love it when singers give callbacks to earlier records, and this is perfect, a perfect callback, because it's singing. She's singing and talking about the man she did the duet with, Back in 1992, KC. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to do anything else. 
if loving you is right, how could I make it through the night? How can I make it through the night? Let me make sure I get these words right. You know that I don't I don't ever want to leave you. Strong, strong words it hits the nail on the head. It seems like each and every time I come around, you don't want me there. And it's beginning to make me scared. So scared that I might lose you. All I want to do is be with you, baby, 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 baby boy. Now, how this song relates to me. This line, this verse right here is perfect. These lines right here are perfect. When it comes to talking about my recent breakup with my longtime love. The last three, four months, she grew increasingly frustrated and angry with me. And it would come out. It would, it would come out in situations that it didn't call didn't call for her to get angry. I I wasn't trying to upset her or anything. Once again, it goes back to the irreconcilable differences and the thing that she was doing and the thing I was doing that the two could not correlate. They they could not be put together. They were opposites. One cannot one cannot exist with the out without the other not existing. All right. I mean, it's just I know that I'm confusing you people, but I don't want to put her uh, business out there. You know, yes, we broke up, and it was because of something she did and something I did, and the two the, do not compute. All right. This song captures the end of our relationship to a T just to a T um I just want to be with you nothing else I'd rather do I want to spend my life with you this goes back to uh Mary in every one of these songs that she has written about KC trying to hold on to relate to a relationship where she feels that if it ended her existence would be put in question now i ain't gonna lie when it looked like we were at the end my my ex and i it was hurting the hell out of me i was like trying to hold on to something that was that was i that i was unable to hold on to that was uh falling through the cracks But I knew at the end when it was time to say goodbye that life goes on. But that's because I'm 54 years old. At the time that Mary was writing these songs and going through this breakup with the love of her life, she was 23. Huge difference. Huge difference. I know because when I was 24, 25, 26 and go through heartbreak, I thought life was Life would never be the same. Now, I know at this point in time that life goes on and without the love of my life, I have no choice but to go on. I'm 54 years old. I am taking care of my my mother. I am helping my sister with her nephew. He's 17. You know, there's other things priorities other than a woman the love of your life that that you have lost for good 
You just can't give up on life. At 54, you got responsibilities, paying rent, paying mortgage, going to work every day, taking care of sick relatives, taking care of nephews that that need a man or a man in their life because the two men in his life, her husband and her and his uh father, one he doesn't respect, the other he doesn't have a real relationship with. So I'm filling in the gaps, filling in the void. And and I can't do that if I'm affected by a by a breakup. Yes, it it, it, it was my heart broken a few weeks ago. It's still broken. But life goes on. You must move on. In 1994, Mary was 23 years old dealing with the first major love of her life the first major breakup and at 23 when you are losing or lose the love of your life many of you have been there it feels like life is over as we know it you can't lie ladies and gentlemen when you were 23 and you lose and, and you lose somebody you look at the young people in your life that are 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and they break up with the person they thought they were going to be with for the rest of their life. They are severely depressed until they eventually get over it. Mary was depressed to the point where she was considering ending it all. This song, uh, Be With You, expresses all of that and more. The next song I will be playing is Don't Go. Once again, it continues the theme of Mary not wanting to let go of the love of her life, despite it being detrimental to her life and career. Baby, don't go. Baby, don't go. Baby, don't go. Oh 
fantasy that I dream of, baby. Time and time again, I knew that we would be more than friends. I gave you my heart and all of my time, but now you're acting shady. Is it all in my mind? I know you're a busy man, but oh, you don't understand how I feel to be alone. When times get hard and I wanna feel your sweet and tender touch, that's all I'm asking for. And I never ask for early on the podcast that the two masterminds behind this album were Chucky Thompson's production and Mary J. Blige's lyrics that she wrote about her life and the hell she was going through, the heartache and heartbreak she was going through in her relationship with Casey Haley. All that son of a bitch Sean Puffy Combs did was oversee. He was an overseer, right? Creatively, creativity-wise, they didn't need this motherfucker. All right, he was an overseer. It was Chucky Thompson's production with the soul samples and the hip hop samples, and helping him, helping Mary or write some of her lyrics. Right, you didn't need Puffy, who's never written a real song in his life, who's never produced a beat in his life. 
He he uh, talk about a fucking leech. That's what he was on this entire album. Now, enough talk about it. I'm not talking about him again for the rest of the podcast. Fuck Puffy Combs. Don't Go, another song that Faith Evans helped co-write with Mary and Chucky Thompson, continues the theme of Mary holding on to a relationship whose time has expired. But she... She knows this deep down inside, but she doesn't want to let go. She is trying with all her might, with her entire fiber of a being, to hold on to a love that has ended. But she loves this man so much, Casey, that she is willing to go beyond, beyond the extra mile. We're talking beyond beyond another uh, hemisphere, <laughs> another continent for the true love of her life. Don't go as another song with powerful, powerful lyrics that describe her unconditional love for a man that right now, at that point in time of the relationship, is more negative than positive. As she says in the song, I've been hurt before. Stay around for a while. Let's work it out. Let's try to make it happen. Don't do the things that other guys did to hurt me. They make me cry. Break my heart. Oh, why? I know you're a busy man, but you don't understand how it feels to be alone. When time gets hard and I want to feel your sweet and tender touch, that's all I'm asking, baby, because I never ask for much. Uh Uh-oh. And then she's begging, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't go. This may be a fantasy that I dream of, baby. Time and time again, I knew that we would be more than friends. I gave you my heart and all of my time, but now you're acting shady. Is it all in my mind? No, Mary, it wasn't in your mind. Your instincts are never wrong. When you instinctively feel that there is something different in your relationship, that your relationship is sliding, that um, there's something different about your significant other, there's some truth to that feeling. Trust your instincts. Ladies and gentlemen, always trust your instinct. Your instincts. This song talks about how when 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 she first met him, She told him, please don't treat me the way the other men treat me. Please love me the way I deserve to be loved. And then as the song progresses, she feels he's acting shady. And then the song ends with her begging him over and over again. Please don't go. Uh, Chucky Thompson with the great sample of Guy's great song. Please don't go. Baby, don't go. Just perfectly placed the the sample of that song blends perfectly with the heart-wrenching vocals of mary j blige mary j blige on my life put her entire being into this song she probably 
probably saved her life by doing this album. By writing all these songs. By singing her heart out. Sharing her hurt with the entire world. Which is apropos because her next album after this will be called Share My World. Which will be part of the next podcast. Part 3 that I will talk about in a few months. In continuing the career tribute to to Mary J. Blige. This is going to be a long series of episodes on her career because she's that one. I said this on the first uh, Mary J. Blige Watch the 401 podcast. I'm going to say it again. In the 1990s, the greatest female soul singer was Mary J. Blige. Now, before you attack me and go, what about Mariah Carey? What about Whitney Houston? What about Janet Jackson? They were more pop than soul. They had crossed over and they had a wider audience while Mary was always considered a black soul artist. That's why I called her and I call her now. In the 1990s, Mary J. Blige was the greatest female soul singer. Who was the greatest male soul singer? He will be in jail for the rest of his life and that's all I have to say on that. And there will never be a music tribute podcast on the pedophile from Chicago. Now on to the next song. You Gotta Believe, which is a continuation of her trying to hold on to a love that's ending.
another song in which Mary sang her heart and soul and expressed her undying love for a lover that had one foot out the door. Ironic that this song, You Gotta Believe, once again co-written by Faith Evans and KC, helped co-write this song, and you hear him in the middle of the song go, Mary, Mary, Mary. The irony that he would write a song with her about her undying love for him. Oh, the, there's a line in here that I really feel that 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 really hits home. I told you once before that I love you and I need you, but let me tell you once again, you are my closest friend. You might not realize this, but I've said this before many a time on this podcast, and, and that by nature I'm shy. I'm an introvert. I don't hang with a lot of people. Usually the person that I deal with the most is the woman in my life. The woman that I recently broke up with after eight and a half years was my one and only true friend, right? All my secrets, all the shit I went through throughout my life, I would tell her. Whenever I needed advice, I'd go to her. Now that her and I are no longer together, I did, you know, ask her, you know, uh, to say prayers for my mother and she helped through text talk to me and and help me and and help me through a very dark night that night that day that's what close friends do now in the future i know that i'm not going to be able to 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 rely on her for that because we have both decided to go a different way to go our separate ways, not different ways, separate ways. I'm sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> this show is going, it's over three and a half hours now. <laughs> oh man, you gotta believe is once again Mary singing her heart out about a relationship that is ending. She goes in the song, anytime, anywhere, I will go with you anywhere. Please, won't you trust me, baby? Won't you trust in me, baby? Stay with me till death do us part. Till death do us part, you'll always be right in my heart. Won't you please stay with me? Baby, please believe in me. That's her begging the love of her life to give her the same type of unconditional trust that she's given him. And there's a wall there, a wall that eventually came, came crumbling down, but not in a good way. You know, they always say when a when you try to uh, get someone to open up, there's a wall in front of them and you have to break down that wall. Well, this was a wall that collapsed with Mary and Casey standing on top of it and they fell apart once the wall broke. Once my ex and I wall broke, that was time to separate. My Life, You Gotta Believe, on the My Life album, another great song chronicling the pain that Mary J. Blige was experiencing, not only throughout the making of this album, 
but the relationship with Casey that if you look at the timeline, it was approximately between 1991 and 1995 that these two were together. I always said they were soulmates. I always, when I, when I look back at old video clips of them two singing, when you look at the MTV Unplugged 1993 Uptown uh, Records Edition and you see them two singing, I don't want to do anything else. You can see, even though Mary's wearing dark sunglasses, that she loves KC unconditionally with all of her heart and soul. I've always felt KC dropped the bag. He had one of the most beautiful and talented women on the planet. And ever since their breakup, his career went one way and her career went another. Casey Haley had the potential to be one of the greatest soul singers of all time. Never happened. Mary J. Blige has fulfilled that honor as being one of the greatest female soul singers of all time. You can make an argument for top five. Another fucking person that belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and is not in. I'm not going to get on my soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. Um, even though I spoke about a ton of heartbreak songs, considering I just broke up with my longtime partner, this show was very therapeutic, and I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed this show, and I enjoyed all the feedback I got from the voice notes received to me from the listeners all i i thank all of you guys and i've got three more to play leading into the final song of the podcast be happy i have three voice notes because these three ladies thoroughly enjoyed this song be happy was the first song released on this album and it was another song about mary Telling KC that all I really want is to be happy. Well, before we play Be Happy, I'm playing voice notes from Rochelle, my friend, Michael Angel's wife, Rochelle. Uh, Crystal from Detroit. And Shay Jones from Chicago. Now, try and listen very, very close, closely, because Crystal and Shay, I I do this on purpose. Crystal and Shay sound a lot alike. I mean, they could play tricks on a man. They could play tricks on their man. They can get on the phone. One can get on the phone and start. Hey, baby. Hi, this is Shay. How you doing, baby? You want a bubble bath? And it's Crystal, all vice versa. Hey, baby, this is Crystal. You want me to come over and give you a massage? And the man, unbeknownst, will think it's either Shay. It's Shay, even though it's Crystal, or it's Crystal, even though it's Shay. And then <laughs> later on, it's, no, that wasn't me. That was somebody else pretending to be me. Ladies and gentlemen, I did have a blast. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. 
Robert Silva 5768. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I'm getting nothing but great feedback. Um, I haven't had any negative feedback about my musical tribute podcast in a long time. So the reviews have been, been very positive. If you want, please drop a review on um Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to say about the show, you know, be honest, drop a review. I've got none but great reviews on there, so hopefully that'll continue. Next week, if everything goes well with my mother's uh, rehab and recovery, I will be back next week with a show on songs written by one of the greatest songwriters to ever live, Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. Until we talk about the legendary Babyface and his iconic writing and production, I want all everyone listening to be blessed and be a blessing. One of my favorite Mary J. Blige's songs was from the My Life album. The song was Be Happy. I really, really love that song. Um, then again, I mean, I was young desiring to be in a relationship and I just imagined that if I were in a relationship how wonderful it would be to be in love with someone and be happy I mean basically the lyrics to her song was really how I felt even with me being as young as I was um, I just felt like it was like being a kid even though she was an adult it was like she was thinking of being in love and being happy and here I was, a kid actually relating to the very same thing, wanting to be in a relationship and hold hands with someone, say someone's my boyfriend. Um. Hey, Rob, it's Glam. Just checking in with you to give some feedback on uh, part two of your series featuring the beautiful and talented queen, Mary J. Blige. You asked me to give my favorite uh, song from the My Life album, and hands down, it would have to be Be Happy. Um, Be Happy is my favorite song on that record because, I mean, it just summarizes my life mood. At the end of the day, I think me, along with every other person in this world, we just want to be happy. So all of the lyrics, um, everything that she's talking about, Uh, in the song you really cannot love anybody or give anything give your all to anybody else or anything for that matter until you love yourself so just straight out the gate she's cutting to it and um it just resonates with me so much because I want everything and on top of everything I want to be happy so that's my favorite song thank you for including me in on this take care Hey Rob, I uh, hope all is well. Looking forward to another Legends of Sports and Music podcast about the oh so talented Mary J. Blige and My Life album. Uh, thank you for letting me pick my favorite song because, of course, it's hard to choose on this album. It's such a classic and. If I did have to choose my favorite song, I think it would be um, Be Happy, last track on the album. Um, it just stands out to me. I think I was like 10 when this album came out. And again, 
it was, you know, a little quote unquote, I guess what they would call grown. But I just remember hearing so many of the singles on the radio at the time because radio was big. Um, and my um, experience would be happy was just hearing it. Um, the intro music coming in and playing for a few minutes and just setting the mood and how she just comes in and um, how can I love somebody else if I can't love myself enough to know? And it, it was just really a liberating sound. That's why I really like it. And it just has a happy vibe, a rhythm, like you could just kind of groove to it. The whole song just encompasses being happy. And even though I know uh, Mary was going through, you know, personal things at the time, she just really um, gave us a heart and soul on that song. And it just always puts me in a good feeling. Like if I'm down and I need some encouragement or, you know, just need a little bop or just want to move a little bit, Be Happy is the perfect song to do that. And um, even the video where her just on the rooftop and just chilling and dancing. And I just remember that. And it was a special time. So, um, be happy my favorite track off of the my life album and like i said this album was so influential classic so many different um jams to choose from but the one that's gonna stand out a little bit to me is be happy i love it can't wait to hear the rest of the um songs and what you guys have to say and thanks rob for including me again be blessed peace
Losing 